Hello and welcome to Final Gravity, our supplementary episode where we take a little look of all the beers that we've brewed so far. We have some special guests today, Cal. Yeah, we do. Uh, we're down at the Grumpy Goat, our local bottle shop. Yeah. Um, uh, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for coming down. Um, I'm Anne-Marie. I'm one of the owners. I'm Charlie. Um, yeah, and we like beer and cheese and yeah, all things nice. that go with them. So yeah, you guys specialise in you know cheeses, local cheeses, quite a lot. Um, and we do. You obviously have quite a lot of bottles. Yeah, we've got about, I think it's like, give or take about 500 different bottles um, yeah. from, you know, obviously local brews from around the world and we're always sort of challenging that and trying to bring in new stuff all the time, keep customers happy, keep, you know, keep it fun and keep it interesting and um, yeah, the craft beer scene is uh, is is awesome everywhere at the moment. Yes, so it's yeah. trying to grab hold of that and uh, yeah, yeah, put that in our shop. No, that's good. Yeah. Uh, and you guys run a festival? We do, uh, yeah. It'll be in its third year this year. Uh, it's called Craft Theory. Um, it's uh, at South Street Arts Centre. This year it's going to be um, the Easter weekend. It started off as a one-day festival. Now it's two days. Um, and, um, yeah, the aim is to have sort of local breweries, um, some smaller ones, some from further afield uh, nationally, and actually get some sort of from the continent. We've had quite a few Dutch... Uh, breweries come over so it's yeah it's 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 a lot of fun and trying to you know just sort of feed into that craft beer scene in mm. reading which is 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 pretty pretty good it's 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 a yeah all on the up yeah, yeah. Like, like, like reading does have a good scene for it yeah um yeah. but yeah so what got you guys into beer like what made you go i want to open a bottle shop <laughs> Just the love of beer, really. Yeah. And a bit of a gap in the market in Reading. Yeah, well, that, 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 so, that, that yeah. definitely helps because <laughs> there wasn't really anywhere outside of supermarkets yeah. until this place. No, exactly. There was it. And like going to visit other places and seeing like the range of stuff, and it was just sort of just before the craft beer scene sort of kicked off. Yeah. So it was sort of. So you got it at just the right time. Yeah. I think mine was like just being a student and going to Reading Beer Festival, going, I'd like a really sort of, you know, dark, treacly sort of stout that that was like my description of beer back then and i think that the love of it has just grown um, and yeah. wanting to know sort of more and more and then the, the, you know we know that cheese goes really well with beer so it's true so why uh, not another gap in the market as well exactly uh, yeah no cheese shop in reading and um yeah silly idea we had in the pub that yeah. turned into reality cheese and beer really go together really well so it's like, yeah hmm. Yeah, they do it on the continent a lot. We don't do it as much, you know. We, no. A lot of, a lot of um, bars, you know, on the continent, we don't have like cheese that goes um, with their beers, and um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's starting to happen more over here though. It's, yeah. It's cool. It's good. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So, what made you decide to start a festival as well? Um. Well, um, we know that you know Reading Beer Festival is one of the great camera festivals, yeah, but um, yeah. we wanted to offer a slight alternative to do something a little bit different. Um. um and have you know have keg beer um, and uh, bring something a little bit different to Reading and it fell out from a conversation chatting with um, John Luther who runs South Street Arts and um, he's one of our customers and it literally a small seed was planted and then it was like boom there we go there's there's a festival and yeah. like, you know all of a sudden you know you're you're working on this festival each year and it's um, mm. it's become you know real real passion of ours to kind of um, bring that to Reading and make it happen, doesn't it? It's been, yeah. Yeah, it's nice to get the, the brewers all down as well, rather than just a, a, like a camera beer festival, Reading beer festival, you've got 
all loads of different beers, but yeah. not necessarily the people that brew it. So it's, yeah, yeah, so you don't yeah, really yeah. get a chance. I mean, I think the only time really is if you're there during the trade session. Yeah, the sometimes. Day. True. Yeah. But the general public doesn't really get to interact with the brewer at that point. Yeah. It's, you know, people are within the trade. Um, no, and it's just a lot of fun. It's just, you know, putting something else back into the community. Like, yeah. you know, our shop's quite a community shop and it's like mm. just doing something else that's, you know, a bit more bit more fun. And, you know, we're seeing Reading evolve, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's changed a lot since my student days. I was a student, came here as a student 15 years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> lived in London for a bit and then lived in London and then we moved back and decided to, to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it has, has definitely changed. It, it used to be a lot more boring, I think. <laughs> yeah. For, for, for beer, for a lot of for a lot of, a lot of areas. Yeah, and you've got you know you, look at you've got places like Double Barrel thinking it's you know mm. new a new craft brewery in Reading, yeah. um, a few months old, thinking it's a worthy place to invest and set up something. Mm. Well, if if anybody's been to the tap room, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah you guys yeah, have. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah it's cool and uh, yeah. I think it's a good scene. But, yeah. uh, I think it's probably time to maybe drink some beers. Yeah. 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 All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go get some beer. So, what have we got here then, Mike? So, first up, we've got a brew I did a little while ago. Uh, I called it Heavy Petal. Okay. Uh, and it is a jasmine green tea pale ale that came out at about 4.6%. Sounds amazing. Yes. Nice. Uh, you can nice. smell the jasmine immediately. Yeah, you can, you can. You've got the little citrus notes on the, the jasmine. Mm. Yeah. But, like I said, black murky, you mentioned, you mentioned murky. earlier, apparently yep. adding green got, tea. Turns <laughs> yeah. It's got a great little head on it as well. Yeah. It's got, yeah, it's, yeah. But it, one, of, one of the completely unexpected side effects of adding green tea to the beer has been this incredible haziness. Yes. Like just... Because you, you don't associate green beer with particularly hazy things, but I mm. think just over time and the oxidation and everything, it, it sort of just mugs mm. out a lot. I've just taken uh, a sip and like the depth of flavour, and then you, you've got this sort of sharpness from the green mm. tea at the end. You've got this fruitiness and this sort of sharpness coming through. It's, yeah, it just it's it dries. Really well balanced, too. actually. It's yeah. really well balanced. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. And so thank you to my lovely wife, Rachel Harrison Wood, for all the advice on the, <laughs> adding the jasmine green tea. <laughs> You've done very well. The level of it is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah she, really good. she yeah. advised me quite heavily on when and where and how to add the green tea for yeah. the best effects. Yeah. So it's it's, uh, so yeah, it's worked out quite well. Yeah. Did you have any issues on brew day? Um, on brew day itself? Uh, I can remember. No, I, I, I think the only issue was uh, the unexpected haziness because the the gut reaction was like oh no something's gone horribly wrong yeah uh but no turns out and it's, it's you know it's, it's 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 great to see tea, tea's had sort of this revival over the last sort of year two years um but it's some of them kind of don't work but yeah. this this really does work yeah as a, as a you know as an all-round it, it, it kind of you, you know like you said listening to rachel she was she was she was spot on and uh, and it you know the balance is is good mm. yeah I, d- I did do one a couple of years ago. I mentioned in the episode uh, that was just black tea, uh, not Earl Grey, not anything yeah. special, just black tea. Because I was trying to make a beer with a tannin dry finish rather than a mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. bitter hop finish, and it didn't really work. <laughs> like it was nice and it was fascinating, but it wasn't refreshing. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't this, ever. Make this you however, is really refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, the thing is, it, it's so dry. Like on a summer's Very day, so drinkable, like, yeah. like last summer when yeah, it was yeah. just baking hot. If you were sitting down with a pint of that. I'll be away. Yeah, you can just quaff that down, and it's a good percentage that you yeah, probably could yeah. just take a steady afternoon at it. Yeah, and just you know, just to mention the quality, 
it being a homebrew is is excellent. <laughs> you know, yeah. and oh. you could quite, that could quite easily pass off as a, a professional brew, in, yeah. my, in my opinion. Like yeah. very because you do my your, humble opinion. Your, your, your competition <laughs> where you do try. Yeah, lots, so, lots of homebrew. Yeah, so uh, once a year we do a, a host a homebrew competition, um, and the the star prize is to get to brew with a with a, a brewery. We've done sort of we've done t- two years running now. Yeah, we've um, yeah we're a bit late late launching. We met to launch it last year, <laughs> but um, I, don't, I don't know what happened. Anyway, it's uh, we, our hopes are to launch it next week, and we've uh, we were chatting to um, you guys before um, before we went on air, and we've got yeah pretty good good prize lined up we hope fingers crossed for that one and uh, so I think um, it might draw yeah draw all those home brewers out and, and, and just get them back using their kits again and, uh, so, yeah because yeah, the, the thing with home brewing is people might do it like a couple of times a year and then it's just yeah. collects dust rather than doing it consistently and yeah, that makes yeah. such a big difference doing it consistently yeah. it improves your quality so much more because you're just not and imagine for you guys that. doing this has really kind of you know helped you kind of the, the motivation it's kind yeah. of yeah. Like, yeah yeah having so. having it like oh I can't really be bothered to brew today but I have to because <laughs> yes. I've got because, a because we've got to get oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll go on then and then it's it's a nice day anyway it's just it's it's that extra bit of uh, incentive motivation yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. definitely and it yeah. also helps other home brewers people people want to want to know what, exactly. what each other are doing and yes. what, you know want to help each other out and then and that's again what I love about this industry, people are really nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cheese and beer industry, people are just are just nice. Yeah, people they're generally and, just uh, nice. It's because yeah. they're re- they're eating cheese and drinking beer. That's <laughs> exactly. that's, that's, no, that's going to calm you right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yes, I, I should mention. Yeah. Um, so this was uh, green tea, jasmine green tea, brewed at eighty degrees. Uh, so because you don't want to boil the water, because uh, it sort of uh, gives a, a bit more of a harsh tea flavour and then that was only brewed for like three and a half minutes a really short time and then added to post cold crash beer so that it went from 80 down to as low as possible as quickly as possible and then you got more of a sort of cold brew cold steeped tea brew flavours which are very different to brewed tea so I wanted that sort of combination of both Mm, mm, Uh, no luckily we've got a uh, temperature controlled kettle so we can, we can get to yeah. 80 and fancy exactly that right. yeah, Rachel really likes tea so <laughs> uh, right I think it's probably uh, time to try a different beer yep so then Cal it's one of yours now it is I mean at least I hope it is because I don't label any of my bottles so this should be a honey and orange wheat beer lucky guess <laughs> yeah I was like ah it looks about right because I, I, I kegged this and I also bottled right, okay. it, uh, and I was going to just bring down the ground but I thought if I've got the bottle I'll bring the bottle down mm. uh, so yeah this should be a honey and orange wheat beer I hope beautiful sort of citrusy nose on it like just really like mm, just yeah entice you to want to want to drink it and get stuck in which I'm going to do um <laughs> and Interesting. You've been you've been enjoying it on keg recently. That's yeah, delicious. This... That's really mm. that's really delicious. Yeah. Again, like you've got that citrus that really comes through, but then it's got like a soft sort of um, after taste yes. thing on the palate, and it's just like oh, what? Yeah. So really, the, really, really drinkable. Like yeah. this had a lot of um, bitter orange peel put into it. Um, and that really comes so through. So that's that, that's where you're getting yeah, that yeah, yeah. pithy orangey from. Yeah. Uh, I think it comes in at around about 6%. So 
Yeah. Um, oh, so quite pokey. Yeah, it doesn't, so, doesn't yeah. taste it. No, yeah. no. Uh, well, like, on cake, I found that the, the honey comes out a bit more, and in yeah. bottle, it seems like the orange is coming out mm. much more. Uh, and that, I mean, that could just be a conditioning um, thing with the volume. Um, but yeah, it was it was an interesting beer to brew. I brewed it before, um, a long time ago when I first started brewing. Yeah. But, and again, to mention that doesn't taste like a homebrew. <laughs> Enter the competition. It's, it's another. Guys. It's another really refreshing beer. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, one of the things I found uh, that changed my brew was temperature control for fermentation. Mm. As soon as you can do that, yeah, that's what changed it from when I was drinking the beer, going, okay, yeah, this is beer I've made, and I don't mind giving it to people for free. Yeah. To actually, when you're tasting your beer, like. This is the sort of thing I'd buy in a shop. This is, I'm quite proud of this. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the sort of thing I'd be like, I'll enter this into a competition. <coughs> but yeah, it's mm. it's it's that extra little step of just controlling that temperature. And I think that makes such a big difference mm. uh, to the quality of the beer that comes out. So a wheat beer side is not usually my favourite, but that, that level of citrus that is it's mm. sitting there really kind of Lifts t- it. turns it into something else for me. And mm. it's, um, yeah, distracts away from that uh, the traditional flavours you associate yeah, with a wheat beer, exactly. like the banana and clove. Again, and really well balanced. Really yeah. well balanced, yeah. Yeah, the honey and the orange do seem to meld quite well. Yeah. Uh, like the honey's really low down, but it just mellows everything. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Well, it, it, it was a beer that when I first brewed it, I think it was like the second or third beer I ever brewed as a home brewer. Okay. And I've just revisited the recipe, changed a few things about it, yeah. uh, and then brewed it again. And yeah, like, it's a nice beer. I, yeah. I quite like the how different it is to a standard wheat beer. And for people who aren't a fan of wheat beer, I think this is a, probably a good one to to, to give a try. Well, I think that's you know a good thing about home brewing. It's, it's about... You know, try, try again. It's it's, it's yeah. like going back to old recipes and unearthing them and going, well, well, what what can I change? What happened last time? And, that, yeah. and how can I, you know, improve on that? And I think, um, you know, that's that's why it is a craft. It's one of the crafts. Yeah. It is a, you know, it's, a, it, yeah. it's looking at it through more experienced eyes as yeah, well. Exactly. Like that's a big thing. Like yeah, yeah. <coughs> looking at my old recipes and going. Why on earth did I do that? <laughs> like, well, like, like, I would have like, never. Cross it out, cross it out. It's like, out, I won't yeah. be doing that again. Yeah, yeah. You know, like putting in multiple hop additions at like 45 minutes, 30 minutes. And then, you then yeah. you know, the more you get into it, you realise that those are kind of pointless. Mm, yeah. It's just like, right, we'll strip them out and let's just concentrate Simplify on the two ends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just Save looking at it, looking at it through a different eye. Yeah. I think makes a big difference. But I think I changed uh, the quantity of orange at mm. the time at which I put it in. Uh, uh, yeah, so it, was, so it was a slight increase. Um, I changed the type of honey I used as well, which I think was probably a mistake because the first time I did it, I used an orange blossom honey and found that that tasted much nicer. Sung with the, yeah, with the whereas this, this was just a standard sort of clear honey. Mm. Um, and it's like, it's nice, the honeyness is there. But I, I went for the slightly cheaper option as opposed to buying the, you know, huge amount of yeah. very yeah. expensive honey. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but adding the honey in makes it a lot thinner as well. The homebrew shop that uh, we buy most of our ingredients from, you can buy uh, dried orange peel. You can buy like a kilogram of dried orange peel. You can buy bitter orange peel. Where, where's that fish? Where's that? Uh, um, it's malt shop. Miller. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, yeah. So so we, we we use it online. There is a, a yeah. physical store. Mm. Um, quite nearby it's what Swindon is it <coughs> yeah yeah so it, it, it's not okay, hugely far away yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah they, like they they stock 
a lot of different stuff and having that not having to peel the oranges myself makes a big difference because <laughs> <laughs> that's a pain yeah, in the yeah, arse yeah, yeah. yeah maybe I won't re-brew that one and <laughs> <laughs> um, just yeah, just thinking about the beer I don't know if it's my weird brain um, probably is but like like a hint of time might be interesting if you're going to re-brew it yeah. just to give it something else it doesn't need anything else because it's so delicious mm. but you know, yeah, but, we, but, not, we, but we like obviously, you know, we're beer yeah. nerds and we like playing with beers. Yeah, and, like, you know, why, why, why not? Me too. Like, <laughs> like, I think that key, could potentially work. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, like one of the key things that does normally go into a lot of wheat beers is things like black pepper and coriander. Mm. Uh, they're quite uh, prominent yeah, flavors yeah. in a lot of wheat beers. And I was toying with chucking coriander in, oh, okay. uh, coriander seed yeah. in yeah, with yeah, this yeah. as well, just to see whether or not that spiciness gives it another level of yeah. complexity. So I think and, next yeah. time I probably would mix about with maybe some herbs and spices. Yeah, I think it just... definitely lends itself to that. I think. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. the, the yeah. one we tried on the episode was uh, was it cardamom and yes, mm. yeah, uh, all sorts. Uh, was it Bombay Dazzler or something? Yeah, it was, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was really it was good. Really good. Uh, and obviously playing around with the traditional whipped beer ingredients yeah to and that's what's great, great about homebrew you can be so crea- yeah, you creative you can do whatever you want yeah you can get away with the sort of things that bigger breweries just can't because it's expensive to do it yes because you can't exactly. just yeah, like, yeah. if we whiff it we're chucking away 20 litres 40 yeah, litres yeah. If, if, if breweries even small breweries whiff it you know that's a, that's a lot of their literally money down the drain income. yeah like pouring yeah money down the road it happens it happens oh, yeah. it does happen in the industry especially you know that um where we're at now with the craft beer yes, scene, you yeah. know, people make mistakes even even the professionals yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah of course you do um talk about mistakes should we try our next beer another beer yeah <laughs> so what we got here then mike so uh this takes us back to an episode we did with mike bates award-winning home brewer he did a second version of his award-winning Saison. Uh, okay. He won a homebrewing competition. Yeah. Uh, and for the Six Degrees of Andy Parker, mm. yeah. not only because Steve is here. Yeah. Hello, Steve. Uh, <laughs> you refer to uh, him as Saison Steve. Saison Steve. He's a big Saison fan. So that gives us a Parker number of one, that currently. Gives us a Parker number one. <laughs> but also, in the competition that this Saison won, Andy Parker came second. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Oh, the scandal. This, this, this best be something super special. Well, yeah. we'll see, we'll see. Uh, it looks like a Saison. It smells yeah, like a Saison. Lovely light colour. Be- yeah. Beautiful colour, beautiful colour. Yeah. Little, little head on it. Um, yeah, let's, let's give it a go. I like the smell though. Mm. It smells a bit. Yeah, tastes like a saison. Mm. <laughs> so I'll let you guys uh, break it down first. Um, quite citrus forward. Not quite got as much dryness as I would like in a saison. Well, I don't agree. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's lovely and dry. You do. Well, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I think for me, it's it's very sweet at the start and then it dries out. I, th- I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think that's um, like the, the initial flavour is like, oh, that's quite sweet, but then it dries out real quick. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I didn't give it a chance. Let's <laughs> try some more. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely got a lot of the the sort of complex saison flavours that you get oh, that sort of a oh. little bit pepperiness um, mm. getting a little bit of that TCP sort of mm. edge that sometimes yeah. comes with mm. that type of saison yeast but, great uh, level of carbonation as well sorry great level of carbonation uh, well uh, now you talk it's about an, it's an alternate <laughs> level of carbonation yes, yes. so uh, so I, I okayed it with Mike to talk yep. about this it's fine okay uh, he, we're listening through, through a, a couple of different reasons uh, the bottle ended up 
way too carbonated. Um, so I have had to depressurize the bottle a little bit before serving it. Um, so there will be on our social media, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, uh, sort of a how-to guide if you're curious on how to depressurize a bottle that you and may again, have And again, just to remind gas, everyone, this happens. It does happen, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is, as much as brewing is a science, it's not a total exact science yeah. unless you get real deep into it. At yeah. a home brewing level, you know, you're gonna you're gonna make subtle mistakes like if you don't let it ferment out properly before you bottle it, yeah. you're gonna end up with over carbonated bottles. If you get a slight infection, over carbonation. If you put in too mm. much priming sugar, over carbonation. Mm. Like all mm. these little things can just happen. Yeah. So when I first heard of the issue my, my initial assumption was oh maybe it got an infection but tasting this there's no way yeah. like, this, no, this, this is bang uh, on what a saison should be yeah um, I, I imagine if anything it's either it just hadn't quite finished fermenting mm. out or it's just been over primed uh, yes. and it's just resulted in yeah. a higher carbonation but that higher carbonation I think really works for it because mm. you want a high carbonation with this style of beer I think yeah well it was more <laughs> it was yeah it was a lot again more. just to mention another really kind of professional brew and that just shows where you know home brewing is going mm. in, you know with the, the craft the, the rise in the craft beer scene in, in the UK obviously you know off the back of America um, and producing home brew we've just had three home brews and I like if somebody said to me in a blind taste that they you know what's home brew and, what, and what's professional brew yeah. and uh, yeah. How, yeah how would you how would you know would you be able to tell it'd be in, that'd be interesting might be an interesting thing to do actually for the, for the podcast potentially yes yeah just um, kind of just, just versus the professionals yeah <laughs> and, and that's um, it I think one of the things that makes the big difference is you know access to professional level equipment access yes, to yes, um, yeah. all the information so you know when you're talking about homebrew you're talking about the 80s and 90s you know, it was kit brews in yeah. uh, plastic buckets stored in your area cupboards. And it was just it was just murky, it was horrible, yeah. everyone got a jimmy tummy from it. Yeah. And that's when, you know, you say to people, Oh, do you want to try some of my homebrew? Well, a lot of people go, Oh god, no, no, I'd rather yeah. not. Because they remember. I still that. think we have yeah. a bit of that sort of yes. people people you know, people still feel a bit like, Oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, like you go around someone's house and like, Do you want some of my homebrew? What is it? Brown, enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, get away. Whereas now, because you know, we have access to uh, you know, stainless steel, large stainless steel pots, proper mash tubs, you know, all yeah. these different things, temperature control, good yeast, good ingredients. Like that's changed. Next time you're at a party, brewing. please invite me. <laughs> <laughs> I bet this, I'm is, this is the sound of the homebrew. <laughs> right. Well, well, thank you. Uh, uh, another. Yeah. Let's let's <laughs> let's try one more. Well, Mike, what's this? So this is uh, another one of mine. Well, I say mine. Uh, it was my recipe, uh, yeah. but brewed at your house. Yeah. Where there was a bit of an issue. There were. There, I mean, there was there was a small incident. Um, <laughs> That happened, so yeah, it didn't really end up. Do as... we want to drink it? <laughs> uh, no, I, it, that, it wasn't like a cat jumped into the mashed. Yeah, okay, oh, okay uh, that's fine. Then. Okay. It was um, during the uh, recirculation of the mash, uh, mm. just to help settle the grain bed, uh, which I do believe the process is called volofing. Um There you go. Oh. It's to help settle the grain bed. Uh, the grain bed. Sorry, and call it what? Yeah, uh, okay. to help settle the grain bed out, um, and also get rid of some of the you know larger particles that are floating about at the start of the mash before you put it into the kettle. That tube slipped out, 
fell onto the floor, so it was just pumping onto the floor, oh, no. uh, and it probably pumped about, uh, I don't know, maybe two litres of hot water onto my floor. Just what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, went under the fridge and stuff oh. like that, so I mopped it up as best as I could. Oh, was it wasn't onto a carpet or anything. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right. It was, it was a bit. But when you get that amount of liquid or spread out over a whole floor, yeah, it yeah, seems yeah. quite alarming. Yeah. Um, and it was because it was hot. And yeah. Like a washing machine writing. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But with hot, hot sticky. sticky water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was the only issue with the brew day. Yes. The recipe itself um, and the brew actually went fine. It just ended up yeah. not as strong as you wanted. Yeah, because that that. Uh, hot water that was spilled was the, the start. The, yeah, the start, the pre-sparge water, so less watery, more more intense. Yeah, it was uh, like the cordial. Of yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the whole thing. And so because that went weaker. I mean, so not all of it. No, uh, I, w- I was hoping for this to be sort of about four point six, four point seven, something like that, and it came down to four point oh, and there was less of it. Yeah, as yeah. a consequence. So it's not it's not the end of the world. Uh, luckily, smoke covers all, um, <laughs> and it, it, it's got that. Yes. It's definitely smoky. What's what's it? Has it got a name? Uh, I called this one Lil Smock. Sorry, Lil. That's uh, so L I L apostrophe. Lil Lil Smock. 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 Smo- oh, sorry, smoke without the e, basically. Ah. Just you know, dumb little name. Yeah. It, I like it. Yeah. What was so, your wheat beer called? Honey orange wheat beer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't come up with fun, interesting <laughs> names because it doesn't last long enough. Mm. I just drink it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh. it. Iteration two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only an orange would be a V two. So yeah, it's uh, smoky. It's not quite as smoky as I could have done. I only did sixty percent. Uh, That's still a lot. That's still a lot. But some people go up as high as a hundred percent for that much more intense, like barbecue smoke. I think it's pretty easy going in terms of a smoke smoke beer. Um, for me, the, the, the carbonation is a little bit a little bit over. Carbonated, I think. Over. Cool. A little bit over for me. Um, yeah, but it's you know it's really it's really drinkable, really really mm. easy. I think for a smoked beer, it's not kind of some smoked beers. You know that the, the you know the Schlenkera Rauch beer that's like yeah in your big. face. No, it's, like, you know, it's, it's like eating uh, a smoked sausage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this, this like, just just sort of made me sort of kind of want to be sort of sitting in Austria. Yeah, yeah. maybe skiing. <laughs> <laughs> eating a sausage. <laughs> eating some smoked sausages. Yeah. But yeah, interesting point about the carbonation. Uh, one of the consequences of a higher carbonation is a greater aroma. And so uh-huh. if, if you're not looking for that really big hit of smoke, yeah. a lower carbonation is the way to do that in, in just terms of yeah, like get, bringing get, it to your face. Yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah. yeah. So that, that, yeah, if I was to revisit, then that would be an, a good thing to... However, I personally love a lot of smoke so yeah because yeah. it, it you've got this on cake and bottle I've got it on cake is the moment. carbonation different oh, between yeah. the two do yeah, you keep it uh, more highly carbed on cake or it's, it's very highly carbed yeah okay Not, uh, uh, perhaps a bit more than it should be I've had some issues with my CO2 bottle lately but it's fine does, um, it, does it want to move out and start listening to metal music yeah yeah I need to <laughs> need to do something with it yeah <laughs> yeah Oh, yeah, lovely, lovely colour on it actually. Um, mm. Yeah, very like a light ambery, mm. golden, very dark golden light amber. Yeah. Again, um, I, I think a consequence of the losing sun was yeah, yeah. the colour lighter. Yeah, but. the, the colour's a lot lighter than it should be. Yeah. But you know, these things will happen. Yeah, uh, and aside from that, I don't think there was any lessons learned. Uh, no, no, I think it was. I think it was the first time we used. Uh, smoked malt I was going to say do you know what podcast. grain went into it what, um, uh, to get a, that sort of 
from Prettiest. Mott Miller <laughs> as, again uh, there's, there is one that is just a German smoked malt yeah um, mm-hmm. and you just order that <laughs> yeah yeah because I mean no, you can get all sorts so like peat smoked malts and yeah. various yeah, yeah, other yeah, bits yeah. and, and they're, they're all weird and interesting uh, mm. I think we probably will be visiting different smoked styles mm. um, we, we tried on the episode the mm. uh, Rex Attitude or something like that the yeah. um, Easty Boys one that is 100% peat smoked mm. That How was, was that? It's not something I've tried. That actually. was How weird. Was... Yeah. Lovely. Intense. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We, we had it yeah. in the shop, didn't we? So it's not something I got around to trying actually. Um, yeah. Okay. If you're looking to push your smoke limits, that's a good one. But to... I think that you know, like peat in a bit. I think it, it pushes per- somebody one way or another, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, I, I can. I also, I feel like I've got to be in the mood. Sometimes yes. you've got to be in the mood to have a particular beer, and I think. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I've re- yeah, really, and open really fire really helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 All these things make a difference. Bit, the fire. <laughs> yeah. No, it's nice. I like it. Right, one more beer. One more beer. Ooh. So, Cal. Yeah. Final beer. What have we got? Uh, so, this is my coconut brown ale. Mm. Um, this was a beer or it's based around a beer that I had when I was in America um, back in 2013 um, which is Corner Brews Cocoa Brown mm. which is a coconut brown ale yeah. and you just can't get it in this country mm-hmm. it's just not available so I was like I really like that I gotta make it so you know again it was one of my real early recipes um, and then I've revisited it again for the podcast and yeah, it turned out pretty much as I expected it would do. Um, Certainly not a beer that I've had before. Yeah, it's, it's, you just can't get it. And when we try to look for commercial versions of coconut brown ales, you just can't get them. Mm. You can get yeah. coconut porters, coconut stouts and stuff like that. But getting the brown ale size... It sounds like it should be one that's available. Yeah, though. Yeah, they, yeah. It sounds like they marry. And I mean, yeah. the aroma on, on the coconut... But if you don't like coconut, you're not going to like this beer. <laughs> no. uh, there's a lot of coconut on the, on the aroma. Um, yeah. But I... And, I really like that sweetness of that coconut coming through yeah. and, you know, the maltiness of the brown. I've just t- I really like that. I yeah. like the combination a lot. Um, well, it's, it's designed no reason, around... reason it shouldn't be a style. Yeah, well, it's designed around, like, an American brown ale, so slightly mm. hoppier than a, mm-hmm. than a British brown ale. Yeah. Um, so it should have that, be slightly thinner, not as malty, but, you mm. know, still have a little hoppiness to it. And then the mm. coconut should just kind of blend them all together mm. one of the downsides to using coconut though no head retention yes the oil yes. in the coconut yeah. just strips out that right, head retention okay. completely um, so I try to counterbalance that with um, I try to counterbalance that by using a lot of um, rolled wheat right okay in yeah, there yeah. to just try and help yeah, absorb it, yeah. some of that yeah yes just to absorb it so mm. yeah colour wise a little bit darker than um, I would have wanted but you know, yeah. it doesn't push it far enough into the darkness yeah. so it becomes a porter. No, it's not, definitely not. It's definitely it's just it's a, definitely it's a, a brown ale. A solid dark brown. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's um, I think it I think it's a great beer actually. Mm. I, I really like it a lot. Highly coconut on the aroma there. Yeah. Really big. And the coconut it's it's strong in the taste. But mm. it balances well with with, mm. with with you know, the coconut balances well with the, the the body of the beer and it yeah. and it, and it mm. makes for a really sort of pleasant Pleasant drink. I mean, I yeah. couldn't drink pints and pints of it. No. <laughs> you know, it, um, you know, a couple of halves sitting there chilling. You know, yeah. next to a fire, probably. We're talking about fires again. Um, <laughs> it's what that sort of beer. Yeah. Yes. What did the ABV end up at? Uh, again, it's it's pushing like um, five eight six percent. 
oh, wow. sort of area. Okay. So yeah, yeah, more than you, I thought. Yeah. So you, again, you wouldn't want to be sitting drinking large quantities of it because you just end up. What, what is it? Sorry. About six percent. About six. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, so yeah, um, mm. it's toasted coconut as well. Yeah. So I like toasted the coconut, mm. and, that, and that brings out, uh, uh, I think, uh, a, a more sugar sugariness of the coconut. Mm. Um, and what what sort of level of coconut did you use? I mean, and it, to, to in the brew. Uh, so kind of I used. The, it, it's really kind of full. Body yeah. So I, I used about five hundred grams of toasted coconut in yeah. a twenty-two liter batch. Right. Okay. Um, so you can you can use a lot less, I think, because I think the first time I did it, I used a lot more, uh, and then I reined it back. Oh right, and, interesting. Uh, How was that? How, did it, you know. it, it, I, I think coconut is just one of those flavors where it doesn't really matter how much you put in; it's going to be as coconutty as it is. I like, see. Yeah, it, yeah, I reckon yeah, I probably yeah. could have got away with two hundred grams, and it probably would have dropped yeah. A, a, yeah. a lot, but it has still been quite, quite forward. Mm. But I know from the first time I brewed this beer, it changes with age. So this, this mm, has only been bottled okay. two weeks. Yeah. So it's really quite young, and for yeah. a darker beer. Yeah. Yeah, so no, it's got it's got it, a, it's, it's got a c- great complexity to yeah, it already. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. In six months' time, this will be so much different. Mm. The coconut tends to mellow out yeah. and bleeds in throughout the rest of it, and you start getting more of the the darker um, the darker flavors coming through. Mm. So I think the first time I brewed it, mm. about six months in, it was like eating a bounty. Yeah. So the chocolatiness came through, mm. the sharpness died. And off. I'd be I'd be really intrigued to try that, you know, like mm. you know, yeah, a good experiment to try yes. and, you yeah. know, a fresh one, one at six months, one at even twelve months, I yeah. don't know. It could but be, I, 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 I yeah. will be keeping a hold of the bottle, so I'll make sure I bring some down for you so you can have a try. Ah, no, I've never been really interested in that actually. Yeah. yeah. Well yeah. It's it's a nice beer, it was fun to yeah. brew. Yeah, well, it made, I really the, made it. the flat smell amazing. Yes, oh yeah, the, 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 the flat just smelled like <laughs> coconut. It was so good. Yeah, nice recording day, that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it'd be interesting to add more chocolate, even, you know, to yes. really push that element of chocolate mm. bounty. Um, maybe cocoa you know, tincture. Cocoa, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and try that. I mean, you know, and it, you know, just to give, like refer- a bounty give, give reference to one of our local heroes, Siren. I mean, their, their new death by chocolate was, you know, they're using a new sort of... Um, Spire for their cacao names. I was chatting to one of the guys, and it's like spot on. And, and it, mm. if you, yeah, that I can imagine that really working, giving the beer, you know, yeah. uh, even yeah, well, it'd be a new beer, it, it, it'd do something else, yes, it, yeah, yeah, it? yeah. But that'd, that, that, that'd be interesting, yeah. Well, th- thank you very much for enjoying. Well, thanks yeah, for yeah. popping in on a, on a bleak January <laughs> Monday and highlighting, yeah, and yeah. and um. And talking to us about what you've been up to. Um, I know you guys, um, you're going to be at our festival. Yeah, so, yes, um, Craft Theory. Yes. Uh, um, which is uh, the 19th and 20th of April. But yeah, you're not only just going to be there as punters, you're going to have... Yeah, yeah, uh, we're, 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 we're going to be there. We're going to have a little setup. Yeah. yeah, we're going to have a little setup. We're, we'll do uh, a podcast, which we'll record on Brilliant. the day. Um, yeah. We'll hopefully be able to snag some brewers and get them <laughs> and sit down and chat with us. Yes. Um, and yeah hopefully just have quite a nice time of it and put out a good show hopefully hey. hopefully and uh, tickets are available for they the craft they are on the Reading Arts website um, and yeah you can get to it through through our Facebook and things like that and through craft just just typing craft theory they will come up and um, yeah really look forward to having you guys at, at the festival and, yeah. Uh, yeah really oh, look forward to it it should yay. be fun yeah well thank you very much yeah. well, cheers see you guys. cheers bye cheers. Bye.